630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Well, so far so good for the Raptors. They lead Philadelphia 51-41 with two minutes left in the first half. 76ers with a 3-1 series lead. The Blue Jays in action tonight. They are up 6-2 on the Red Sox in the bottom of the eighth. They're kind of blowing it open here in the bottom of the eighth. And uh, just one game in the NHL tonight. It is Chicago still up 2-1 on Philadelphia. They're about three and a half minutes into the second period. Furnace Family Oilers hockey is tomorrow. It is the Oilers' final road game of the regular season, and it's a good one. Crosby against McDavid and all the other big names in that one. Face-off show at 3.30 here on 6.30, Ched, and the puck will drop at 5. And for further discussion on that, I am pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports a former member of the Hamburg Crocodiles. It is Phil Bork. Hi, Phil. <laughs> Real quick story. Hi, Reed. Um, you ever been to Germany before? Because that's where the Hamburg Crocodiles were. That I played, uh, finished my professional career. Have you ever been to Germany before? I have not, sir. Okay, well, I'm sure some of your listeners have, and they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. One of the greatest things about playing ice hockey, professional hockey in Germany as an American, is you learn the culture, right, Reed? You learn different things around the world. What I learned when I was over there playing for the Hamburg Crocodiles was in Germany, they don't have the hang-ups like we do as North Americans. They're very comfortable with nudity. And over there... When you go to a health club and when you finish working out and you go into the sauna, guess what, Reed? It is co-ed, completely naked. You're naked, I'm naked, let's just all be naked together. And that took how much getting used to? <laughs> that took a while. I'm not, I'm not afraid to tell you. It was not an easy first couple of trips. Okay, but as but as, as hockey, like this might sound weird. I hope no one cuts just this part out of the show. Uh, <laughs> but you, you you were at the point in your life where you were used to being naked around other men all the time, other hockey players. Of course. <laughs> but I was but, not used to being in a sauna that held, you know, some of the largest saunas held, you know, fifteen or twenty people. Um, and half of them would be gorgeous women just sitting there sweating next to me. So did you have to have this explained to you? Did you ever have a moment where you thought, oh, my goodness, I walked into the wrong room? How did, you know? <laughs> funny, funny you should ask, because I know you want to get to the hockey talks. I will really give you the condensed condensed version here. So I think I want the German long version, teammates. Phil. <laughs> yeah, no, the long version, we're, we're not going to talk about anything else. And we okay. need to get to Crosby and McDavid. But when I first got there, one of my German teammates told me about this. So I joined the Nice Health Club. I'm in there working out. And I'm not a creeper. I was just in there. I happened to notice this gorgeous, dark-haired, olive-skinned girl, just an incredible body. And I was thinking, what's the chance of seeing her in the sauna naked? Probably zero, right? Finish working out. I go in the sauna. My luck read. Two German naked guys in there, okay? So luckily they spoke a little bit of English. And I asked them, I said, is this true? Naked girls in the sauna? They're like, yeah, yeah, just wait, wait, wait. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm about to pass out of staying in there so long. Sure enough, the sauna door opens up. There she is, the dark-haired beauty with the olive skin. Being the gentleman that I am, Reed, I scooch over and give her a seat next to me. Try to strike up a conversation. She speaks zero English. She goes, open the door, that's it. That's all she knew. 
condensed version, remember. I recruited those German guys that were still in there, and they were able to translate for me. I got a date with her the next day for coffee. So I'm driving to my apartment that the team supplies for you. I come to find out later on she was just ahead of me. She was looking in the rearview mirror going, this cycle's following me home. Come to find out she lived two doors down from me after the coffee date, after a couple more coffee dates, two weeks later, I was helping her move all her stuff into my apartment, and we dated for two years. Oh, amazing. Well, that's a happy story. Happy story, right? <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, Phil, see, that's why I love having you on, because you got, you got a lot of energy. You're, like, not a lot of people just would have taken me introducing them some random team that I just looked up on HockeyDB. I got, I got a million an awesome story. I got a million, but let's get to the hockey talk. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, first of all, I want to ask you about a, a former oil king to, before we get into the, the big guys. Uh, Tristan Jari, you got hit by a shot or something? What's going on with your goalie here? No, he got hit by a, a big rig named Anders Lee. Um, just he, he had a bit of a collision with uh, uh, Chris Letang uh, driving to the net, and uh, he kind of slid into Tristan, and we're thinking, okay, maybe a little knee tweak or something like that. I cannot confirm or deny because I haven't heard 100%, but uh, uh, throughout the uh, the tweak world or whatever it's called, I'm not hip and cool like the young kids. Um, they, they're saying it's a broken foot. Uh, from what we're hearing, he's not able to put any weight on it. We don't know what his status is. Playoffs are going to start a week from tomorrow, and we have no idea what the status of Tristan Jari is, if he's able to go or not go. My guesstimation would be not be able to go for game one. Who knows about games two, three, and four? Uh, in the meantime, um, Casey the Smith has been outstanding, uh, a backup goaltender that's now been elevated to the number one. Okay. All right. So that's the story there. Uh, you know, the, the Penguin season, obviously a, a pretty good year. And of course, there's always, you, you can't count them out. You can't count them out. I know, I know I was kind of looking back at the last couple months. They did have a bit of a losing streak uh, earlier in April, but they've had some really good runs. They haven't really had, well, maybe April, if you were going to pick one, they haven't really had an off month. Like the Oilers had that 15-game stretch. They went 2-11-2. Like, has this been a steady season for the Penguins, or how would you sum it up? It has. I feel like it's been a, an emotional, uh, a bit of a roller coaster ride, Reed. But, you know, whenever I feel that way, I go back and look at their their schedule and their results, and it's been pretty consistent. Uh, they had a 10-game winning streak. They had a 5-game winning streak. They had a 4-game winning streak. Uh, and they had they ran off uh, a stretch where they went 10, 4, and 2 not that long ago, uh, kind of end of February into March. And then they lost four in a row. Now, since they've lost that four in a row, and those were ugly losses, by the way, a couple in, against the New York Rangers also, uh, they're uh, 5, 2, and 1 in their last eight. Not too bad. But again, people got itchy butts in the seats here in Pittsburgh, Reed, because they're not playing great hockey. And when you lose to a team like the Philadelphia Flyers like they did the other night, um, that's one that for a lot of people in Pittsburgh it is unacceptable, and it should be unacceptable. Uh do, how much do you personally look forward to seeing Crosby and McDavid? And I guess I should throw Dreisaitl and Malkin into that as well. You have to, right? You have to lump them all in uh, because, the, uh, you know, they're, it's kind of like the Batman and Robin on each team, right? Um, right. They just are, are just uh, synonymous together. It's tough to mention one without mentioning the other. Uh, but to answer your question, I, I can't wait. I, I, I can't wait for puck drop tomorrow. You know, there, I, 
I do remember, you know, that now there's, it's ironic that it's Edmonton and Pittsburgh, you know, Crosby and McDavid, just like Lemieux and Gretzky. But, you know, playing for Pittsburgh and playing with Mario back in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s, they it was almost too much effort. People are trying too hard to make a big deal out of Mario and Wayne. and It, it never was this combustible thing that people hoped it would be. And they hardly played each other. And then when they did play each other, a lot of times Mario was hurt with his back or the cancer, whatever. So with that being said, I, I think that there is a great level of, of uh, compete between these two. Now where it's, it's it's tangible. We can kind of grab. We can understand it now. Where you know, Sid, he's going to be 35 in uh, what six months or five months. Um, you know, Connor's the young and up and coming that everybody wants to say. You know, Connor's the best player in the league. No, no, no. Sidney Crosby's a more complete player. I I think it's it's almost like you know going for ice cream. You know, do you like pistachio or do you like chocolate chip? You know, do you like McDavid or do you like Crosby? You know, for me, I, listen, I can't get enough of Connor, Connor McDavid. I mean, he's like, he's my hockey drug. You know, I'm, I'm, I can't get enough of watching this kid. I, I don't understand what, how you can skate so fast with the puck. It doesn't compute in my brain. And I talked to Jack Michaels on my radio show I had tonight, and he wants to tell me it's hard work. I go, Jack, you're, you're insulting my intelligence, you idiot. You can't say hard work for a guy that skates that fast. But Sid, to me, is a more complete player. Sid is unbelievable defensively. You know, and that's not a knock on Connor's defensive game. Just I think Sid's a little bit better at it. But, again, it's like going for ice cream. What's your flavor, McDavid or Crosby? Yeah, I love how you put that. That's awesome. Phil Bork joining us tonight on Inside Sports, getting you ready for the, uh, the Penguins and the Oilers tomorrow. I want to ask you a couple more. The, the Eastern Conference, the eight playoff teams have kind of been have, have had separation for a while. You know, and now it's like, what is it, I think 20 points. Washington is ahead of the Islanders for the wild card spot. I mean, it kind of got sorted out early. We know what Carolina and Florida are doing. Other, you got some other teams that are great stories. Is, is there, and I'll, I'll say for this, you can't say the Penguins. Say somebody other than the Penguins. Is, is there a team, though, that you consider that's the scary team in the East? That's still the one or is the one? I don't know if you saw this stat, but now that Washington has 100 points, the first time in the National Hockey League, the teams that have qualified, all the teams that have qualified from one conference, all have 100 or more points. So, yeah. you know, is that, the, is that the watermark now, Reed? To get into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, you need 100 flipping points? That's, <laughs> that's crazy town, right? But to get to your question, you know, when I think of Florida, and the Florida look at, looking like they're going to win the President's Trophy. They have warts, man, and the biggest wart is named B.O.B., Sergey Bobrovsky. You know, he's a guy I, I don't trust. Penguins have had great success against him. Toronto, again, goaltending. Who's their number one goalie? You know, and, and they're a team that can get a little leaky defensively. I'm going to skip over a team because it's going to be my answer. Then you talk about Carolina. The number one and number two goaltenders are both hurt. Okay, well, what, what, how's that going to play out in the playoffs, right? The New York Rangers are young. They're upcoming. Igor Shesterkin probably going to win the Vesba. He's never been there and done that before. He's just he's wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. You know, if he has one absolute stinker in the playoffs, is he going to unravel? Nobody knows. Boston, we know what you're going to get from Boston. Who the heck wants to play Boston in the first round? Not me. And the Washington Capitals are a wild card. And now you've got Ovechkin hurt. What's going on there? So my answer, again, is the 
Tampa Bay Lightning. They're a team that I think has the ability to flip the switch, has the ability to just turn it on when they want to. They go into Florida last night, won 13 in a row, and upside the back of the head, and they win the game. Tampa Bay, Andre Vasilevsky, Stamkos playing some of his best hockey he's ever played. Always watch out for Cooch. Tampa is the most dangerous team in the East. Okay, yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you there. One more for you, Phil. I, I, I can't give you the whole backstory because we're getting short on time. But we've had a discussion here uh, on this show after the game Friday. Uh, Stoff had it earlier today about coaches and players interacting with officials. You know, should officials talk to players? Is it inappropriate when a ref waves off an official? You played. Did you, were, did you talk to officials a lot? Did you lobby your case? Did you ever have a ref that just got under your skin and, and you, you, you know, you just couldn't connect with him or maybe you felt he was out to get you? Any, anything like that you can share? Three, excuse my French, but I was the biggest kiss-ass in the league. <laughs> I went up to every ref, every linesman. I'd say, man, were you just down in Florida? Wow, what a great tan. You just, you just lose weight? Man, you're looking good. I would just compliment and comp, and I formed a relationship. And we'd have some back and forth, you know. And and even when um, you know a bad call, I'd be like, yeah. Or if I got away with them, I'd go up to them and just say, hey, listen, I know that was a penalty there. I won't let that happen again. Thanks for letting me get away with that one. And I would get the calls because I'll be honest with you, I wasn't afraid to embellish, but I didn't. I didn't do it in a way where I embarrassed the ref. Every player does it to a degree, and I did it depending on my relationship with that referee. And I got away with it a lot. I'm not I'm, I was shy to say that. But I think that's a great part of our game. I think it builds relationships. It builds respect between coach and ref, player and ref. And I think we should have more of it, not less of it, because I think it's it, it helps the game kind of police itself. It helps there to be an understanding between the three parties involved the referees, the players, and the coaches. If you have that communication, you understand each other a lot better on what you can and cannot do. Phil, I hope you enjoy your chats as much as uh, our chats as much as I do because it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And tonight, we definitely got the naked truth. I am not going to try to outdo that, Reed. I love coming on your show. I enjoyed our hockey talk. And this was good hockey talk. And that is the one and only Phil Bork, color analyst for the Penguins Radio Network. This is Inside Sports on Chad. Phil Bork. We started talking about being naked in a sauna in Germany. To be honest with you, that's all I remember for that interview I just did. I kind of lost the rest of it as soon as he told the story about the, the all the naked people in the saunas. <laughs> there was analysis think, for tomorrow I, I, night, I, too. I, so. I think he <laughs> talked about Tristan Jari and Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid. I, I yes. think we got into that a little bit. Uh, and then he talked about being a kiss ass, which had nothing to do about being naked in the sauna, just so people realize that's not a connection. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, I love having Phil on the show. He's a, a great storyteller, has a really good insight about the Penguins and the uh, National Hockey League. So that that was really fun. That was a good one. Raptors up 54-44, uh, not quite a minute into the third quarter. Second half just started, but Toronto looking good, trying to stay alive and take it back to uh, Toronto after being down three games to nothing. You, of course, can get in touch in seven, at 780-496-0063, the uh, hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. Uh, we had a caller saying that he thought Bill Murray, this, the Cinderella storylines were the his favorite. Yeah, I, I, got it. I got it here. I'll play about 10 seconds. Okay, of it here sure, yeah. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere to lead the pack. Bad Augusta, he's on his final hole. He's about 455 yards away. He's going to hit about a two iron, I think. Well, he got there out of that. Go. Sort of inspiring himself. And it's sort of an imaginary story, I guess. But yes, it is. I, I guess it's a form of inspiration getting yourself worked up. One of the ones that I like, I don't know if anybody mentioned it, Kellen, the, uh, the, the Brooks speech, the Herb Brooks speech for miracle performed by Mm -hmm. Kurt Russell. We're going to play that before the end of the show tonight. Yes, definitely. That's uh, that's absolutely a good one. And Oh, James Wilder jr. From the Edmonton Elks is coming up next. Uh, I believe he's got uh, some sort of a camp here clinics in Edmonton in a few days. That's next. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.